Download the BetMGM Sports app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three-pointer. Use code CHAMPION200. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. It is 11.35 a.m. on Wednesday, December 30th. Welcome to Writing Walks. I'm your guide, Alex Eatslander. As I said before, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do a actual walking part of the writing walks this month. It's been a very long December with work at the post office, as you probably know. This time last week I was drowning in 12 plus hour days. A couple Mondays ago I actually did a 15 hour day. The week before I worked over 75 hours. so. The idea of getting a day off and having some spare time to come out and do a running walk seemed very foreign and unlikely. And now, a week later, after Christmas, everything has changed. It's all calmed down. I get my day off and I get to come out and enjoy this beautiful weather. It's a little chilly today, but that's chilly for California. Otherwise, elsewhere, we'd think it's pretty hot. <laughs> But we had very little rain this winter, which isn't great, obviously. But it makes for some very nice clear blue skies, warm sun. 
great weather. It's also clear I'm not the only one taking advantage of the nice weather. Lots of people out here, but we're all keeping our distance and enjoying the fresh air. Today we're going to be talking about firstly finding your voice in your writing. Then after that we'll be talking about idea generators. Ideas, ways of generating ideas and storylines. And then ending the episode as usual with a recommendation. It feels like finding your voice used to be more of an older thing to look for in writing from decades ago that it was always important to make sure you had a unique voice when you were writing so that you'd be recognizable. And it feels as time has gone on that's become a little less important, at least for mainstream writing. I do feel it is useful though to know what your style is, what your techniques are, how you frame a story, how you tell a story. And really the best way to do it, to find your voice, to learn what your voice is, is just practice. I'm reminded of uh, Ray Bradbury. When he first got started writing, what he would do was intentionally imitate other writers, trying to copy their style, and actually would just like copy their text, writing it in his own hand, just to see what it felt like to write those same words, and then try to imitate those styles and to get a sense of what they were for structure, for intent, for shape. And in so doing, he was able to develop his own voice that way and find out what he liked and what he chose to do in his own writing. So again, when you're looking for your voice, it's really just all about practice, writing lots of things, writing different types of things, and then going back and reading through it and seeing what your tells are, what uh, tricks, what techniques you use that you like to use, that you find yourself using unintentionally over and over. I know for me, it's always been a lot of detail, a lot of um, specific little things. It's usually stuff I end up editing out later on. I'll be putting in like too much detail using multiple senses and things like that. Just really, and then have to cut back a bit. Um, describing a thing with like three points or five points, and then you need to cut back some of those points because it's just too much. But that's always been my thing of kind of detail overload is my style. I always want to really almost overload the reader so that they fully are settled in wherever the setting or location is that I'm putting them. I know that's one of my kind of tells with my writing. There's always a lot of detail with that. I've also found over time as I look back that I tend to write about people and characters who don't necessarily fit in where they belong. I think I might have talked about this before. But they don't fit in where they belong and either have to travel to somewhere else to fit in or adapt and change themselves to fit in where they are and feel like it's more like a home. And this was completely unintentional um, in my writing. I never really 
planned on writing that sort of story, but I've just found over time with my stories that when I look beneath and see what the kind of overarching theme might be or a kind of subplot of it, it tends to be someone who doesn't feel they're connected to where they are and either wants to go somewhere else or wants to do something to connect to that place. As I said, it's not that big of a deal necessarily with voice of needing to know it that much. Um, it's handy just to recognize in your writing so that when you are editing and fixing stuff later on, you kind of have a sort of very rough path of what your writing usually is to kind of help you a bit. It's also important, I feel, too, to make sure you're not copying. As I said, with Ray Bradbury, when he was copying other writers intentionally, sometimes you can do that unintentionally, and you'll be able to catch later on to be like, oh, wait, no, I'm just copying this writer here or just doing this thing here and not making it my own. It's important to make it your own, make your own voice. And again, with that practice, with it going over and over and honing your craft so that you have your own developed voice, it will eventually come to a point where it just becomes natural, automatic, and you won't have to think, I need to write in my voice to be doing this, this story here to make sure it's mine. It'll all come automatic and you won't have to think about it. I'm sure if you look it up, there's lots of people who said lots on the importance of voice, lots of English professors, writing professors, no doubt, and how it's something that has to exist in every story. I would agree somewhat. I mean, again, you, you do find your own voice, but I do feel also that depending on what project you're working on, you will develop a voice for that project, usually through a possible main character or a group of characters. It depends on if you are writing a novel, what type of novel it is, what your intent with it is, and then in so doing, when you go to write it, you will create a voice for that character, for that narrative, and for that book, regardless of your own particular voice, which will very likely come out in the same way and become part of that voice. But I do feel it's almost like it's there's two voices, two stories sometimes, where you have your own voice of your writing, but there's also the voice of the novel, of the story. And I feel that's the more important one. That's the one that's going to make this story stand out and be something interesting to read that will catch a reader from that first line, that first page. And there it is important. You could look at, again, I've mentioned him many times before, but Stephen King, he definitely has his own specific style, not just horror, but how he tells stories, how he begins stories, how his characters act and react. But you can also look at certain novels and see that there is a specific voice for that book and for that character, whatever it may be. Definitely look at, like, the Dark Tower series versus, say, you know, The Stand or It or some of the other one, Misery. Again, they all have kind of tells to Stephen King, but at the same time, they also have their very own strong voices to those particular books and series that make them independent and separate. So you can't always tell necessarily that's the same writer doing it, but it's something unique to that book that really hooks you in. And this is definitely true when you're working on a project and you can come up with a voice and be working on it and it might not just work for that book or it could be you could come up with a different voice, some other tone with it and come out with a better story from it and a better voice for it. 
something to think about when you uh, when you're reading. I'm trying to think about the next time, and if you're looking at different books, different series, different authors, look at uh, their voice as authors, what their tales are, what how you know about them, and then look at how they craft that voice for a particular project. What makes it stand out and unique, and in that way, you can also apply it to your own writing and your own projects. But again, I wouldn't worry too much about voice. Like I said, I think it's one of those things that used to be a big deal decades ago, and now isn't so much because as long as you're working and writing and practicing, your voice will come out of you, whether you want it to or not, and, and it's just a practice thing. The more you write, the more you'll hone your voice, whether you intend to or not. It will just happen naturally. The other topic I want to talk about today was the idea generator. I know there are online, you can just Google idea generator and it's pretty cool. You get a whole bunch of different algorithms and programs that will just generate single sentences, a paragraph, single words, ideas for you. And you can even now curtail it to particular genres and things like that, which is pretty cool. It's really handy for if you do writing exercises like weekly or daily or something like that and you want something to start with, um, just to generate that. We actually did, Dwayne and I, Dwayne Farber from Manifestations, we did one a while ago when we were doing our Behind the Ostium series, and we were doing talking about world building, and then I wanted to try as a completion of our kind of mini-series on world building to use an idea generator and to come up with an idea, which we did, and we did one for... Um, what they call world building, building from the bottom down and from the top, sorry, from the bottom up and from the top down. We're talking about world building and building from the bottom up, where you're starting with your foundation and developing a lot of world building and structure and shape to everything and then building up from that, or from the top down where you're starting with a moment, an action, a scene, and then building it up from that. And we use two different idea generators, well, same idea generator, but two different ideas from that, that generated from it. And for the bottom-up one, it actually ended up becoming this big, long project we talked about for about 45 minutes, world-building it. And I hope to now one day make it into either a podcast or a book, because it came out so well. So if you enjoy doing exercises, writing exercises, they don't need to be long. If you want to make short stories out of them, that's great. But if you want to just do like a page, a paragraph, just something, you can use these idea generators to do that. Uh, one other thing I did years ago, which was kind of fun, was I had a deck of cue cards. And on each one I wrote uh, probably a word or a sense, a scene, an action, a feeling, just something like that, very simple and short, and did one on every single card. And then, I think it was about a hundred of them. And then when I wanted to do writing exercises, I would grab those and just shuffle them up and pick one out of it, and that would be my starting point for an idea. So that's another version of an idea generator, more manual, old-school development. I do think they're handy because sometimes when you're stumped and wanting to write, but you may have no project to work on, or you're, you don't want to necessarily deal with any big project right now, but you just want to write something, especially if you do journaling or something like that too. Again, so this sort of thing with an idea generator or a little manual one like I came up with, 
of just pulling out something with a starting point. And even just writing that one word or trigger down, whatever it might be, can help you get started. Again, it's good if you're wanting to write, but you haven't got anything you necessarily want to work on or wanted to get too much into, or you don't have much time to do, specifically, whether it's a lunch break or a short period or something like that, and you just want to bang out some words, an idea generator is a very handy little tool to just get you started and put something on the page, whatever it might be. The recommendation I had for this episode is Kim Stanley Robinson. He's a science fiction author. He's been going a long time. He did the Red Mars series. Uh, He's done a number of awesome books. And his latest book, The Ministry for the Future, is pretty cool. It came out this last summer, summer 2020, I think it was. And it's a nice, big, long, five, 600-page book all about climate change. And while he's talked about that on a number of other books before this one is set in our near future and then progresses to kind of a little further along so 20 to 30 years in the future and then progresses to like 100 years in the future as this book goes along and it's all about climate change and the stuff that's happening on the planet and how it's quickly changing and I mean we've seen this last year with in 2020, not to mention the pandemic, but just with extremes like here in California with our wildfires, fires in Australia at the beginning of the year, just all over the world there's been extremes. The Arctic melting at levels that's never been seen before, glaciers and huge chunks of ice breaking off in Antarctica, huge changes around the planet. And as these keep happening, more that's more, a knock-on effect more and more stuff is going to start happening so the book actually opens with a terrible heat wave of 100 plus degrees in india that lasts for weeks and the part huge chunks of the country just lose power lots of people end up dying and it's just a huge catastrophe and then it progresses from there with other possible events happening and just how the planet needs to get together to do stuff about this and what's nice about it is Unlike it being a doom and gloom, Armageddon-type story of we're all screwed and this is how we're going to survive if we can, it's a positive climate change novel in that things get really bad and look really bleak, but the world just pulls together and starts working on a number of projects and uniting, and they do make those changes, and it takes a long time. It's going to take hundreds of years, but it will eventually fix the planet and bring it back to some semblance of normalcy before humanity made its drastic changes. So it's kind of fun in that way. It's nice and long and theoretical and debating and talking back and forth and you know discussing lots of different subjects. And again, it ends in a nice point and a hopeful point, which 2020 we can certainly use and for the future we can definitely use too. So again, that's Ministry for the Future by Kim Stanley Robinson. Really glad I was able to make it out today and be able to do this riding walk. It's a good place of quiet and calm here with all the animals talking with each other, life going on. I really appreciate anyone listening to this episode. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and listening.
If you'd like to support the show in any way, you can do that certainly at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast, where you'll help support this show and all the other shows I do, and me personally, in doing what I love to do, which is write and make shows. So again, that's patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. And as things are looking well now, I hope to do and be able to do another writing walk somewhere in some regional park somewhere for February. So stay tuned for that. Otherwise, thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next Writing Walks. Would you rather have wireless on the most reliable network nationwide or unlimited with 5G for $30 a month per line? You don't have to choose with Xfinity Mobile. Wireless so good it keeps one-upping itself. Most reliable based on Root's metric U.S. report. Results vary, not an endorsement. $30 per month per line when you get four lines. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to one day early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Penfed's got great-